We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, the Sunday night slash Monday morning version, depending on where you happen to be living. Uh, special guest tonight, uh, Jeff Erickson is out of town. I am very happy to be joined by the Roto Gut himself, uh, famous, uh, famous Twitter personality, famous high stakes fantasy baseball player. Uh, someone that I've known for a long time, consider a friend. Hopefully he thinks the same way of me. Um, Vlad Sedler is with us tonight. Uh, Vlad, how are you? I'm uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Actually, I was uh, okay. I'm lying. Uh, I told you uh, before the show. Absolutely frantic, man. This is the, uh, the the first time all season that I was going to the wire with uh, with all my bids. Sunday night, uh, 7 p.m. Pacific is our our deadline time, and man, I was just all over the place. So many injury issues, and making sure I, I have no zeros. And so uh, it's been uh, been a wild afternoon. Yeah, so it's uh, it, it has been wild, and that, that's how usually my Sundays are. So you, now you know how I feel every week as I go down to the wire. So uh, just some housekeeping stuff at the top here. We are uh, we are live on Periscope, YouTube, uh, Facebook Live. If you have any questions, comments, or you want to talk about stuff, uh, you can hit us up in the comments there. If you have any questions for Vlad, uh, we are sponsored by WinBet. That's W Y N N Bet. Uh, we appreciate that. If you could please rate and review the podcast, you listen to us audio wise, or if you watch us, um, does go a long way towards helping people find the podcast, helping us out a lot. So we greatly appreciate that. Uh, before we get into baseball, Vlad, why don't you? I think everybody knows who you are. You're more famous than I am, that's for sure. But like, how if people want to find you, um, where do they find you uh, these days? I know they can find you on Twitter. It's your your name is Roto Gut there on the screen, as you can see it. But uh, where do they find uh, find your work and, and all your good stuff? Uh, you can find me next to my barbecue these days, uh, grilling on the weekends. What, but, uh, uh, tell me what you made this weekend, because I'm curious. 
so picked up some stuff at Costco. Uh, right. Just just you know trying out different things. Only had this thing for a few weeks now, but I did some ribs on Saturday morning. Got my my father in law helping me out, watching different nice. YouTube videos, and those turned out pretty good. Nice. Uh, today we did tri tips. Uh, did uh, two different rubs. Marinated them the night before and uh, came out all right. So yeah. How's the uh, how's the meat quality at Costco? Not where I would have guessed you would have gone for fine meat to uh, to go in your smoker. Uh, it, it is. It depends what you get, but uh, it seems to be pretty good. Um, uh, the 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 tri tip I got was a prime, uh, and I mean it was like nearly the same price as the other one. It just looked so much better. So, uh, yeah, no, ne next time will be Whole Foods for sure. <laughs> there you go. Nice. So tell us where that people where I can find you, find your work, find uh, I don't know what uh, you're writing and all that kind of stuff. Sure, uh, Twitter. It's uh, at RotoGut, and then uh, on on uh, the website fantasyguru.com. Uh, slash MLB and uh, got my weekly f uh, free agent bidding article of Lad's values comes out on Saturdays and then from the gut on Wednesdays. And I, I don't say it often with a lot of people, so I'll say it if you uh, if you want to do well in your leagues, I, Vlad Values is the the number one thing for me in terms of Fab. That's where I start my Fab every weekend. Like, I I do a lot of work on my own, obviously, and you know me, I'm um, stubborn as they come, so I do my own stuff. But it's a really excellent. Um, if you want to use a starting point, it's good. If you want to use it just as like your bidding sheet, it's pretty good that way too. So it's a it's a really good thing. You could tell that Vlad spends uh, hours upon hours putting that together. I assume that is not okay. uh, it's not a, that's not a quick article. I assume. Uh, no, it's yeah. uh, it, it, it it spans over the course of two days, and the crazy thing is, is by the time it goes to edit, uh, actually our boy uh, Mike uh, C A Pokey on Twitter is uh, he's my editor, and he spends a lot of time on that too. And by the time it goes live, I mean it, there are already all sorts of changes. Of so the good thing is Saturday it comes out there. You get to establish a base for who you want. You probably have some of your own ideas, like uh, for example. Um, Patrick Wisdom, really, I really yeah. wasn't into it, wasn't looking into it, hit another two homers today, and of course he's going for Buku Bucks. Yeah. Yeah, and that's going to happen, and someone's going to get hurt. Something's going to happen, and uh, it, it, but it's a it's an excellent starting point. Like I can't, it, it just saves it saves me so much time. Just kind of starting out, like oh, here's the guys that go for a lot of money. Here's some kind of sneaky guys. You talk about two star pitchers. You talk about streamers. You talk about stashes. Um, so it's just a really good kind of overall way to start your fab or end your fab, however much time you want to spend on it. But uh, so I appreciate you joining you. me. I know that you're really busy. I know you got a lot of uh, podcasts coming up this week. I know it's Sunday night, so I do appreciate that. Um, Let's jump into the what you start out with your your fab article a week. You talk about the the week coming up. You talk about what offenses you like that week. Uh, tell me this week. Uh, we it's a weird week. We're short on mm -hmm. games this week. There's only three teams with seven games: Miami, Boston, and Kansas City. There are one, two, three, four, five, six. There's nine teams with five games this week. I don't know yeah. what's going on this week. We got all these days off. There's only three games tomorrow. There's one, and one of them is a morning, an early game. It's Boston, Miami mm -hmm. making up a rain delay, but there's only three games tomorrow. Um, so tell me who you were looking at uh, team-wise, first of all, uh, previewing week 11 here. Who are you looking at team-wise to pick guys up, and what schedules really jumped out to you for offensive players? Yeah, I mean, you, you nailed it. It's really an odd week with yeah. uh, with 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 basically just those three teams with seven games. It's, it feels like the first week where there aren't, there really isn't much that jumps out in terms of, of, of taking advantage of. Uh, and a lot of times we could overvalue like having that seventh game. Uh, it, it could be the difference between, you know, going a couple extra bucks or being a tie break breaker on uh, a couple of players that we're looking at. And usually there's something really nice to take advantage of, uh, uh, you know, a pitcher going to a couple of uh, pitchers parks, going to San Francisco, Oakland, something like that. And on the flip side, uh, Coors or, or Baltimore, Camden, uh, uh, Field, Buffalo. And um, I, I, didn't, just, I, didn't, I didn't know Buffalo's field was called. I'm going to admit that. Yeah, say, uh, Salen, perhaps. S-A-H-L-E-N. Uh, right. uh, I just so, know yeah. that everybody there was really drunk over the weekend, every video I saw. 
But yeah, Buffalo loves their baseball. I mean, and when you have a team well, like that, crazy. I mean, to room for. They crazy. were making those like cup snakes in the stands, and they had like two hundred. The thing was crazy. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Buffalo can party a little bit. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's that that, that is correct. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, I mean, as far as this week, looking directly at the three teams with seven games, uh, it is a bit of an advantage. The Marlins stick out, uh, at least among those three. Obviously, um, arguably the worst of those three offenses, but just as far as the schedule goes, uh, you get the one at Boston tomorrow. Three three home uh, against Colorado. Those actually can end up being uh, low-scoring games for all we know, especially with, uh, uh, you know, uh, the Rockies coming up. Uh, off elevation and and, and yeah. to Miami, the, the the cross trip there, so maybe uh, some low scoring there. But you know, obviously, you're still playing your you know your Jess Chisholm's of the world, Starling Marte's. Uh, uh, Garrett Cooper is usually pretty good against lefties. I know they're going to get a few there, and then uh, with all the lefties, probably going to be sitting uh, uh, Corey Dickerson. I would think. Yeah, Corey Dickerson has been weirdly quiet, like just not driving a lot of runs, not uh, not doing very much. Uh, what about some of the uh, some of the teams with six games? Right? I mean, it really jumped out to you as like this is a really good schedule. So I like this offense to go off this week. Uh, first off the two Los Angeles teams, you've got the Dodgers with, uh, basically, I mean, anytime you're, you're seeing teams like uh, Detroit, Kansas city, Pittsburgh, Texas, Baltimore yeah. in the schedule, it's, it's a good thing. And if you match up two of those, it's even better. So, uh, at Pittsburgh, uh, for three and then three at home against Texas is a, a nice team, uh, to use hitters against. And obviously, um, you know, you got AJ Pollock back there. Uh, we were worried about Max Muncie for, uh, for a day over the weekend. He actually pinch hit today. So it looks like he'll be fine, which means like Albert Pujols really, you know, outside of a deeply desperation streamer, we're not really using them. Uh, angels are nice. Three Kansas city, three at Arizona, Arizona, also another fantastic spot for us to attack our hitters with. Uh, I was kind of intrigued by Colton's younger brother, Keen uh, Wong, but now Jose Iglesias is off the IL and uh, things are going to shift back around. So he's going to be either sent down to the minors this week or going to be a uh, uh, you know platoon guy, bench guy. Yeah, I mean, and, that, and that's really good info. I mean, you look at it, you got to look at it ahead of time because you want those teams that are playing bad pitching. I mean, that's where you you see the big blow up games. You play DFS. You always want to, you know, you're mm-hmm. stacking against the, those teams, Kansas City, Arizona, Pittsburgh, uh, Baltimore, all the teams you mentioned there. So uh, the other thing I like to look at is AL teams going to NL parks. We lose yeah. DHs at, at that rate. Uh, we have four teams to do that this week. The Indians are in St. Louis Tuesday, Wednesday. The Angels are in Arizona uh, Friday through Sunday. That could be uh, maybe missing a Shohei Otani uh, outing or two. They may they may uh, you know sit him a couple of games or maybe at least one game. In that. They don't really play him in the field very much. So if you play in NFBC, maybe a week to, to use him as a pitcher this week. You get a, a start at Arizona. Yankees are at Philly um, Saturday, Sunday. It doesn't matter. Giancarlo Stanton never plays anyway. And then uh, the Rangers are, Rangers are the Dodgers. I know you have Stanton too. Rangers are the Dodgers uh, Friday through Sunday. So uh, if you were for some reason in the deepest league ever and you've been running Chris Davis out there, probably not going to play this weekend. I do have two more teams and actually probably should have let off with them because these right. are the two teams that I've been targeting the most, at least with my right-handed hitters. Uh, or, I'm sorry, with my left-handed hitters because they are both playing a lot of righties. Milwaukee Brewers and uh, also the San Francisco Giants. Giants actually slated as of now to play all six against uh, against right-handers. Of course, that could switch up at some point. And uh, obviously, that's good for Alex Dickerson. That's somebody I yeah. bid a lot on. Um and uh, Brandon Belt uh, supposed to be back. He's going to be traveling with the team, so he's there for five. Uh, and then this is actually funny. Uh, you know uh, my 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 platinum partner uh, Matt uh, Modica. Do. So yep. uh, we had a little interesting thing where you know we're usually really uh, uh, communicative on our bidding. And uh, this week in platinum, it, I don't know. We've just been kind of down, I think, with our team since we lost Mike Trout and some other yeah. pitchers. Uh, and so. I checked the bids about an hour before and I noticed that, that we had, he had, I thought he put Steven Duger 
at 64 bucks when I, I had him at 12 and, and right. you know, Matt rarely just moves something up so crazily. So I thought I really liked him. And then I, I sent him a message. I'm like, Steven Duger 64. And he sends me back a question mark. And then I went to other teams or whatever. And I, I lowered it down to like, you know, 42, right. just cause I felt like he wanted him. Maybe there's something he knew, knew about him. Um, and it turns out that like I, on my phone, I guess fat fingered it a uh -oh. six into a 64. All right. So yeah, just a little miscommunication there when I'm spending, you know, overbidding 42 <laughs> to four on Steven Dugar. So hopefully he goes off. Yeah. I, I always worry about that. I actually like at six fifty five, I usually go back and make sure a, that I dropped the right guys B that I didn't drop the same guy in the same bid. So I, you know, yeah. I don't mess that up. And then three that I didn't like add a one to in front of anybody. Cause I've done that for uh, last week. Uh, just since, since we're admitting mistakes last week, I picked up the wrong Luis Garcia in online. So there is that. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, today I was, actually... I was like, I was like 1% owned. How, who do I have? That's that. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's the wrong Luis Garcia. <laughs> you got hurt too. I think yeah. um, it, it's and not, I got... it didn't work well. Well, and I ended up with a bunch of uh, Edward Olivares's on my I like, 12 teams. I like that, man. We're going to talk about him, but I like that. Well, when I started getting all of them, I, I looked, I'm like, I got them on every team, and, and I put very respectable bids on it ahead of good players. I, I started second guessing myself. I'm like, is that his name? Are you, is it really Edward? Like, do I have the right <laughs> yep. guy here? Yep. I've done that before. So it's, uh, that's good. We'll, we'll get into him as we get, when we get to fab, but let, let's jump into fab. I want to start with pitchers. Uh, you and I talked kind of back and forth, uh, about stash guys. We, we talked last week about Chris sale kind of, there was some positive news that he was kind of ramping up his stuff. Maybe give me back in July, something like that. There's Luis Severino that's kind of ramping up too. How do you treat mm -hmm. these guys? Like how, how soon do you jump on them? How soon are you willing to kind of wait? Do you want to wait four weeks on them? Do you want to wait six weeks on them? What are you doing with Severino's sale right now if they're available in your leagues? So it, I think you uh, you have to gauge it based upon how healthy your team is. And right yeah, now, a lot point. of our teams are not healthy. And NFBC, which is primarily where we play, obviously a lot of people play elsewhere, but most people don't have a 12-player bench uh, and so you, or IL splots. So we don't have the luxury of, of you know, holding someone like that. So it's it, it's tough because we, we want those good players. But right now, it's not just those two. There's uh, there's Zach Gallen, right? There's yeah. uh, there's Carlos Carrasco. Uh, there's yeah. guys that we're hoping are going to come back. And with all of our injuries, it's just been a mess. It's been so difficult this year. 12 teamers, I think we could uh, hang back a little bit. Um, and then in 15 teamers, it really just depends on if you do have that open slot. You know, like I just got Gonsolin back on a team. Hopefully, you know, that was an opportunity for maybe me to pick up one of these guys and see how it works. Yeah. Uh, but we're still waiting. And even then, something can happen like was the case with Noah Syndergaard where, you know, yeah. just a little tweak, a little setback, and then you're you're back to the drawing board. So it's tough. It, you and I were even talking uh, earlier today. I was I was like, hey, what would you bid on on Zach Gallon in a fifteen in main event? Did that one, uh, that one hasn't come through yet, right? No, I haven't I'm seen curious, it come I'm through. Curious, I'm curious what he goes for. But yeah, the, it's that balance because you could be hitting uh, the absolute jackpot. But if you uh, if you're really grounded in or thinking about it in the uh, the UCL or the strain or just all physically what the problem is, it you're really uh, you really, uh, you really have your back against the wall, right? So you're spending 150 bucks. Chances are, it's probably not going to pan out. If it does, you're like lucky. So you're hoping it's that one, you know, yeah. lucky thing, but, but if it does, do it's, it's Zach gallon for two and a half months, like yeah. a guy that was a drafted the fourth round before he got hurt. So it's just, it's always, I tend to be not stash stashy, but I do understand mm -hmm. that there are, there are times it hits and there are times that you hold on to Elisa Hernandez and he tears his quad running the bases. So like, it's just, you know, and that has nothing to do with what we held on for. So it's just, that one's frustrating too, because he pitched well and then something has nothing to do with his injury. So like you, you held, you held, it worked. Mm -hmm. 
and all of a sudden he's gone. But uh, it's uh, it's tough, especially with pitchers. And I, I worry about Gallon because that strain was in his elbow, mm-hmm. and I just don't know. He had you know, not not the first time he's been injured this year. I, I worry about that. So I think when we talked, I had I, I told you I would bid lower than you do, but that's kind of a running theme for us for about fifteen years. That I usually yeah. bid a few bucks less than you, but yeah. it'll be interesting with that when that bid comes through. But uh, some some two step guys this week. There weren't a lot. They were super interesting. Mm-hmm. Martin Perez is a, kind of a fascinating one because he's been pitching really well, but he gets Houston and Toronto this week. Like mm-hmm. you can't really get a worse match. I mean, that's really, that's really as bad as it gets right there, especially as a lefty. Toronto has all those righties coming in. Houston's got hitters everywhere. Uh, what did you do with Perez week? 3.09 ERA this so far this year in 58 innings, pitching really well. Not a strikeout guy, swing strike rates under 8%. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was bad, uh, bad in 2019. He was just kind of average last year. Um, did you uh, did you have him in your conditionals? Did you have him up top. What were you doing with Perez uh, with, with the two starts this week? It was a it was a tough spot because I'm yeah. I'm thinking this week. I'm also thinking long term. And for me, Martin Perez is almost a better long term play than he is for this week. Yeah. Uh, Martin Perez is no Luis Garcia who can go in and throw <laughs> yeah. gems against Boston and uh, yeah. uh, that Toronto. A, that, was yeah. a hell, that was a hell of a week. Yeah, the, the Houston Luis Garcia that yeah. is. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, rub, <laughs> rub that, rub that in a little more. That's good. I deserve it. Uh, yeah, and uh, um, yeah. So it's it, yeah, it's it's crazy. Just you know, not a, not a lot of two steps this week. Martin Perez for me is more of a long term guy. So I had a few bucks on him. I'm sure yeah. there's somebody that probably went for, you know twenty plus thirty plus. I think I had maybe an eight or ten dollar bid with like a, a fifth conditional, just because I don't know. I don't want to take on the um, the possible ratio blow up because you yeah. know at some point it's coming. At the end of the day, it is still Martin Perez. <laughs> if you get him this week, are you starting him this week? Um, I mean, I know it depends on injuries, depends on how big. But yeah, that's the problem is if you're bidding on someone, yeah. you probably are at the point where you don't have a lot of options on the, on pitching right now. It, it's hard because we have, we all have you know so many red suitcases yeah. on our bench. But um, that, that's the tough part. If you pick him up, is to to not be tempted to throw him in the lineup for the two starts. Yeah, so so how I had it is I had on main event where I was bidding him, I had two pitcher drops. One I needed to fill my roster spot for, so that yep. one was actually ordered differently than my Zach Gallon one because the okay. Zach Gallon one is the you know would be my bench spot. I'm, I mean right. I'm dropping I'm dropping like Eliezer here. I just lost Kluber, I lost Turnbull, you yep. know, just like one after another. Uh, so my primary like start this week would be, yeah, I had guys like Gregory Soto, the closer, uh, Tucker Davidson for, for Atlanta, uh, Keegan Aiken, and then, uh, just justice Sheffield at the top of the list for an at Detroit. Hopefully he doesn't, you know, hoping he doesn't get blown up there. And then Perez stripling who gets at Boston, like those guys yeah. who I could see longer term value with were on my second gallon bid. So let, since you mentioned him, I'm going to jump to uh, Tucker Davidson right now. As I looked at him a little more during the day, I kind of became more interested in him, actually. I know he's mm-hmm. going to make the next start. No guarantee that he's going to stick in the rotation. But you look at him at 2019 in double A, 110 innings, a 2.03 area, a 27% strikeout. This is a guy that punches guys out, uh, mm-hmm. has, a, has, a, has a, you know, that's a, that's a bulk amount of innings. And obviously 2020, there was no minor leagues. So we don't know what he did there. Obviously thrown at the alternate site and all that. But walks have been an issue, uh, you know, 20, 10% in 2019 in double A, 11% in in 2018 in single a but i mean two starts so far uh 11.2 uh, innings three earned runs 10 strikeouts has pitched well but has the six walks the other five walks in the last start um i don't know National League guy atlanta's pretty good they can score some runs i kind of uh as i as i moved along the day today i kind of moved davidson up my list uh you know usually i move guys down when i look mm-hmm. deeper and i move davidson up a little bit yeah i mean that's a spot. I mean, it's good. They, I mean, he's basically the third lefty in their in their rotation for now, but that's a competitive spot. That's the one thing that I think of is, is to be the Atlanta, uh, I'm about to call them Falcons, uh, <laughs> 
Braves, number five uh, stop, starter. Stop Falcons in the news today, so that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but to be their number five starter, you, you've you got to deliver. You've got to be good, and you need to be consistent because that spot is always going to have somebody, you know, uh, I mean, it's, I mean, how many, like, what is it, half a decade they've been rotating uh, Bryce Wilson and, and Kyle Wright in there? Pretty much. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to tell because this, this is a guy we pro- a lot of us outside of the prospect heads don't really know much about coming into the last couple of weeks. Like, is he legit? Is somebody can stick in the, the rotation? If he does, he's in a fantastic spot because he's on one of the better teams in the league. And and there's just something about that. It's, it's part of the reason why we like a Martin Perez, a, a Nick Pavetta. These are teams that are going to provide, these are pitchers that are going to have teams that provide them run support and put them more in line with the win. So make somebody like a, a Perez more valuable than, you know, streaming somebody like a, off Detroit or Pittsburgh, you know? Yeah. No, it makes sense. And it's, it's one of those things that I could just squint a little bit. I mean, you're looking for any kind of upside and reason to bid on these guys at this point. You know, we're we're two months into the season. We kind of know who's who's playing well, who's not. And I just as I squint a little bit at Davidson, I could kind of see a path to him being, you know, a guy that you end up starting every week. It may blow up and it may not work, and he may end up back in triple A, but um, at least I could see a path. But since we're talking Atlanta, I want you to talk to me about uh, Drew Smiley. He's 63% owned in 12 teamers. Um you and I, uh, you know, tend to uh, disagree on players sometimes. He was a guy that we kind of went back and forth on. I know you liked him. I didn't like him as much. He, I see the upside, but he hasn't really been great. Interesting enough, he was available in my main event this week. He was 98% wow. owned, and he was so it was my one main event that he was available. I don't know if I got him yet because fab results aren't out yet. But mm-hmm. uh, how do you feel about Smiley at the moment? He's been, it's been a very rough start. His ERA is about six. Um, the strikeout rate's uh, only 21%. The, the walk rate's pretty good, though. He's under 8%. Obviously, he had that big strikeout bump in 2020, that small amount. He's yeah. with the Giants. Are you still believing here? Are you are you off the smiley train? Where are you with uh, with True at the moment? No. So I'm usually the wrong person to ask about that uh, because that's I'm why, definitely – That's why I wanted to ask you. Well, and, and that's the important thing is for me to be able to and to continue to become a better player is be able to separate myself from like individual player crushes or feel like – they need to deliver for me because I bought in and I have to be right. So I need to be able to separate myself from that mindset and just look at the, you know, the, the picture, the guy himself. I feel like if he's healthy, there only is, there's only that, that those, that horrific ERA is only going to improve it. At least how I feel. I feel like the home runs will always still be there. Uh, but a healthy smiley in the rotation every five days uh, could work out. What I do like about him this week specifically, why I had him at the top of my twelve, uh, my twelve team list is, well, first of all, because there aren't weren't many options outside of you know yeah. Scooball uh, among twelve teamers, but because he lines up for two starts that are actually yeah. workable, winnable for him. You've got uh, Philly, where their best player is a left-handed uh, lefty with uh, Harper. They've got Didi Gregorius out. They got a bunch of other mismatch uh, players. Alec Baum isn't really hitting all that well, nope. uh, so that's a good spot for him. And then at Miami, of course, I think is also a good spot. Uh, so, you know, if it's one of those things where if, if he doesn't deliver in this week, um, then I could see kind of, I have a lot of smiling going this week. I've just had him on all my teams. So, you know, it's, it's, it's ride or die here. Yeah. If he's bad this week, I'm blaming you just so we're clear. It's fair. Yeah, who, is, uh, who is the original Roto crush? Was it Oliver Perez? Was it Corey Hart? Who was it? I, I mean, I don't even know. Uh, our, I, our, our first league together, you beat me with Oliver uh, Perez. So that's why I remember that one. Yeah. Well, my first ever winning something really big was um, my first year playing the, the CDM. And that was Johan Santana's breakout year. And we picked them up for like minimum salary or whatever it was. And just, yep. you know, just had that season. But yeah, it was Ollie Perez. Like it was, it he was, was awesome. kind of the, yeah, I yeah. remember that. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he's still in the league, which is amazing too. Yeah, and he was like three percent owned in in DC that year too, and mm-hmm. you just you just kept riding him, and I never mm-hmm. picked him up. And I were, were you the Haiti kid or was I the Haiti kid? I don't remember. That was you guys messing with me when I first came onto that <laughs> message board. It was you and Mike Quackenbush, and yep. right, you guys. We were actually we team. actually took over a team. Some guy quit his team, and uh, the head mm-hmm. of DC was like, "This guy quit. Do you guys want to take it over?" And it was called mm-hmm. the Haiti kid. I don't know why, but we took that team over. We didn't know you were in the league at that point, and. Uh, we got up there, we made a big run, and then you flew by us at the end. So it's, uh, you know, how uh, how Roto friendships are begun. So, yeah, indeed. Uh, let's jump into some relievers. Um, Paul Fry in Baltimore uh, is probably pitching the best in that bullpen. Twenty-two mm-hmm. and uh, two-thirds innings, ERA just under two. Huge strikeout rate, thirty-seven yeah. percent. Massive strikeout guy. Uh, the walk rate's an issue, eleven percent there, but he was really good last year too. Two point four five ERA last year in twenty-two innings. Obviously, a uh, short season last year, throwing much harder than he did two years ago. The, the biggest thing I looked at was like, why wasn't he very good in twenty nineteen? Throws like two and a half or three miles an hour harder. His slider's like a mile and a half faster this year too. Um, it's Baltimore. We don't know mm-hmm. what the situation is. Who knows? I think Hunter Harvey might be back now too, and they don't win a ton of games. But uh, were you in on Fry at all this week where he was available? I was, and it was interesting. I had mentioned in my article how a few uh, really the, some of the sharpest players we know, uh, Casey Chaw, Phil Dussault, and some other guys, they were uh, and gals were picking up Paul Fry last week. And so yeah. since we haven't seen what, uh, what bids have gone for this time, I don't know how much he went for. Um, but I don't think he's had a, I don't think they've had a save opportunity, right? In the last he few had, days. He had one this week, but yeah, they haven't yeah. had one. I don't think they've had one in the last couple of days. He went for, uh, he went for 32 bucks in one of my onlines mm. and, uh, 13 in the other one. So he wasn't, uh, wasn't super popular, but 32 bucks in a, in a 12 or for, uh, you know, a kind of yeah. halftime, maybe closer in a, on a bad team is not that low. Yeah, and and just think about how fickle that position is, and how much we're chasing closers every year. Like if yeah. he had three saves this year, this guy's going for two hundred plus. Like people are yeah. spending all their money and all because they're yeah. like, oh, he's the guy. Yeah. Uh, but then it, but now that he's just had that one save, there haven't been really opportunities. We don't know what the real actual situation is, right? Because he's yeah. the lefty there. Yeah. We've got Cole uh, Solser, who has yeah. been just as good. Also, uh, ERA WHIP. Uh, you know, under two hundred one. And had a little experience closing last year too. Like he was their guy he, for a little bit during the season. I remember, I remember picking him up, yep. and he was he was a popular guy there for a few weeks. Yeah, and and, and he's the he's the righty there. And then you've got yep. Hunter Harvey back in the mix. Um, but yeah, I mean, for for all we know, maybe you know because Cole had Seltzer had done it before. Maybe he's the guy. Maybe they'll just do like uh, the the Royals and other teams do. Just take yep. it um, situationally, depending on who's up, whether they need the lefty or the righty. Crazy. Salser's strikeout rate has doubled this year from last year. That's uh, yeah, and yeah. He had some big strikeout numbers in the minors, and he wasn't a big uh-huh. strikeout last year. And that's uh, that's a pretty significant jump, though. You're right. I mentioned that Fry was the best guy, but I think Salser's. You're, you're right. Has been right there with him. So uh, or, Caesar, are Caesar, even- Caesar Valdez should not be the guy. I think it's what we're coming yeah. down to. Yeah. What's funny is he racked up like eight saves really quickly. Like he was up there. Wait, yeah. do they have the second best bullpen in on, in that <laughs> on that in that division? Could it uh, be? They they might. Um, I'm trying to think of those bullpens. It ain't Toronto. Uh, probably right yeah. behind Tampa Bay, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously Boston. I Barnes, Otavino I mean, and Barnes have been good. Mm, but yeah, Barnes, mm. been, Barnes blew a save tonight. He's been really good. Um, he Chapman's Chap, uh, Yeah, he blew the save, and they came back and won. He might have gotten the win. I think he got the win, actually. Of course. Uh, yeah, he did awesome because he won. They scored two in the 10th. So he blew it. Uh, he gave up a run in the uh, in the bottom of the ninth, and they scored two in the top of the 10th. Um, then Chapman's been great, but the rest of that bullpen uh, doesn't really fire you up very much. So, yeah, it might be mm-hmm. so. You mentioned the Royals. Uh, Josh Stalmont is back from the IL. Um, he uh, is starting to be the guy before he got hurt. Like, he was kind of – the. the 
they've been all over the place. It's been, you know, it's been Barlow. It's been Greg Holland uh, going mm-hmm. old school for a while. But before Stalmont got hurt, it looked like he was kind of getting a little bit entrenched in that role. Maybe the leash was going a little bit. Uh, 2.78 area in 22 innings. He's another guy. The walks are a big issue. 13% yeah. career walk rate. But good strikeout guy, 26%. Throws 97. And one of those guys that, like, I think at some point they want to give him the job because see if he can do it. Like, is this going to be our guy for the next three or four years? So um, I know that you were in on Stalmont the first time around. I don't know if you ended up dropping him. Did you, did you back in on him? How do you feel about the Royals' closure situation at the moment? I, I hosed myself by overthinking it, man. I really, really screwed up that situation. Know, there, and, but there were some quotes out there. You and I talked about it last week. There were some quotes that like he's not, we're not pitching him until his knees went. Like it, they made it sound like it was going to be a month, and it was. 10 it, days. it really did feel yeah. like it was going to be three weeks. So I unfortunately dropped them in a bunch of spots, and I didn't feel, uh, I didn't feel I was in a spot with uh, basically fifteen weeks to go of bidding where I was going to throw, you know, what I originally threw, like I, I won all my bids for him uh, between hundred, 120, yeah. even eight, 70, 80 in uh, in 12 teamers, what a month ago, got some saves out of it, a little bit of ratio damage here and there, but um, I just, I missed him everywhere. Uh, you know, Richard Zito and from in 12 teamers, he's, he's like in basically all the, all the, all the 12 teamers OCs, uh, we picked him up for like 200 in some spots. So I had oh, wow. no chance on getting my own guy back. Uh, and I don't know. I'll, I'll see how it looks on the main event bids, but uh, but but really, could have used Stallmount back. I just couldn't bid more than fifty. Yeah, I just I worry about the walks a lot. I think that uh, that's maybe that's a little bit too aggressive for a, a team that has kind of mixed and matching plus all the walks. I uh, I don't know that they're fully done with Greg Holland yet. I think we you know that I'm not a Greg Holland guy, but I'm not felt sure they're they're totally done there. But one other closer I want to talk about before we get into offensive fab. Um, my worst mistake so far this year. I, I I really liked Lucas Sims. I drafted him. I finally uh, dropped him a couple weeks ago. Uh, he threw in the sixth inning twice in a row, and I was like, this is not working. Uh, has five saves the last two weeks since I picked him up. So it did not work out well. It started rough, but the ERA is down to 4.9. His K rate is actually up 35%. He was 65% owned in 12ers. Uh, I know you're in a lot of 12-teamers, so he's probably available in a couple of years. How aggressive were you with Sims? He was not available in any of my 12ers and I'm wow. in seven. I've got seven of them, but I did pick up uh, two or three shares last week. Oh, so nice. last week I got him, you know, on the cheap. Um, and, and it's nice to see at least a little bit of clarity there. Uh, yeah. He was somebody that I was into and and drafting during that period of time when uh, Amir Garrett's like, you know, I really want that job, whatever. And I'm thinking, yeah. okay, Garrett's the lefty. I like Garrett. He's, he's pretty good. Yeah. Sims is the righty here. Just as good, if not better. The guy can be a legit closer. And then we've obviously dealt with this mess for the last uh, two months with, you know, Doolittle and random guys and the Garrett blowups and all this. But, um, you know, even if it's a two man committee, that's a better spot than, than, you know, like uh, Seattle, for example, right? Like, which is a total mess. Yeah. Like in Seattle, for example, when Graveman comes back um, at some point next weekend, he's still the high leverage guy. He'll get his opportunities. um, But they always, put him in the high leverage spot first. And then there's Middleton and then there's Montero. So there's kind of like that. Bo- Bo- both gave up runs today. Yeah. Neither of them were good. It was rough. Yeah. So, so what I'm saying is the, those three guys, you just never know where the saves are going to come from. And just, I mean, just basic math here. You have two guys pretty much now, right? It's Sims, it's Antone and Tony. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, just better odds of possibly, you know, we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting someone uh, or putting yourself in a position for saves by having somebody on the Reds now. Yeah, I think they just want Antone in, in multiple inning spots. It's just hard to mm-hmm. line that up sometimes. Like you can line up the bullpen where he goes the eighth and ninth, but he gets any trouble and you've already used the other guys, then mm-hmm. you're in trouble. If you bring him in the seventh, he kind of, if he pitches two innings, great. If he pitches an inning a third, you can still work with that. It's just mm-hmm. always kind of hard to line up the eighth and ninth. And you saw, we saw it with years with the Brewers with Hader when they did that for a while. And like they just kind of used him when they needed to. And it'd be sometimes it'd be the seventh uh, with one out. And you're like, all right, well, he's not getting the ninth. So it's just, uh, mm-hmm. I think Sims, uh, Jeff and I talked about it. I mean, Sims is the guy that we thought was going to get the most saves, but. I, sometimes you just get points. We have injuries and you got to drop guys. And that one, that one really, uh, really stings for sure. But uh, let's jump into some hitters on fab. But first a note from our sponsors real quick. Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three post screen and interview all on indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash blue wire offer valid through June 30th terms and conditions apply. Credit karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more with a credit karma money spend account. You can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit karma money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card. And if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. So Vlad, I'm going to start at the top with Patrick Wisdom, who you mentioned uh, earlier as someone that, you know, kind of a late addition to your to your article this week. Two more home runs on Sunday. Now has seven home runs and 36 plate appearances uh, with the Cubs, playing third base uh, every day for them right now. Uh, I looked at him in the minors. I mean, look at 2019 in AAA, 31 home runs in 107 mm-hmm. games. He had a 28% strikeout rate. So, you know, some strikeouts, but not like a, a Joey Gallo or, a, you know, Jorge Alfaro kind of rate. Uh, hit 240 that year. In 2018, he's with St. Louis. 
uh, 15 home runs, 11 stolen bases too. He's got a little bit of speed. He had eight stolen bases in 2019, hit 288. Uh, big K rate in the in the majors so far, but you know I like the fact that it was lower in the minors. I think guys usually adjust to that uh, before uh, before too long. He's another guy that as I looked a little bit more, um, I kind of bumped up my bids a little bit. I got him in mm-hmm. one online. I imagine I won't get him in main because I think the bidding will be pretty aggressive there. But uh, how how aggressive with you are were you on wisdom? I know you tend to be a guy who doesn't buy into like that kind of the hot guy after the really hot streak because you, you know, we're we're going to see a slump at some point. Yeah, I mean it's 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 just a case of uh, of automatic expense, right? I mean it's you're going to be overpaying no matter what, and the chances of the next stretch of 57 plate appearances uh, or 37, whatever it was, yeah. being the same are virtually nil, right? I, I mean, would I would go with just nil, yeah. 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 So that for me is 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 tough to 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 spend, and so I've trained myself to to not do that, and I will lose out on opportunities once in a while, but like. I didn't go in on your men Mercedes, for example. Uh, for me, it's just something, you know, when guys come out of the blue, it's it's very rare, especially with the older guys, that it's sustainable like that, right? I mean, what what are some cases of that, right? Like maybe like as a pitcher, Cliff Lee, right, became a stud later in his career. We had yeah. uh, uh, Max Muncy, right? Didn't someone else become a, a yeah, Sonola at 27? I'd say Jose Bautista is probably the best example mm-hmm. of it as a guy that had no pop and was kind of a veteran all of a sudden came out of nowhere. But you're right. Like the large majority of the cases are Chris Shelton or someone like that, that, you know, gets hot for a while. And I think that you will miss on some guys here and there, but I think over time, um, not buying into the super hot rookie off the, the, the kind of the no name rookie too. Like not a guy that we're like fired up for. Like, it's not mm-hmm. like it's a Wander Franco that comes up and, and has a bunch of bombs early, but I think that at the end of the day, you probably end up uh, making, uh, making more money off that than not. But I did, uh, I looked, I did like wisdom a little bit and, I feel like it's a lineup that he could end up uh, he could end up breaking in if he stays hot. You know, it's like they've got Jason Hayward out there. They have Eric Sogard playing in the infield. Like it's not like he's fully blocked. Where uh, you know I, I'd, I'd worry about it more if he was the first baseman. Obviously, not going to play over Rizzo or something like that. Yeah. They can move Bryant to the outfield. Um, I don't know. I feel like if he if he if he can hits a little bit, he's got a chance to you know have a little bit of playing time. But uh, you know, it's uh, it's one of those guys that you got to buy in now or you don't get him at all. But I, I wasn't uh, super aggressive. With him. Yeah, my the one thing I'm looking at, and, and this started things I'm starting to do more frequently is I, you know, I'm really digging into to RotoWire roster resource, and I'm I'm just kind of re- reminding myself why are these guys getting playing time, and I'm yep. looking back, and I'm now reminded that hey, three infielders on this team are sitting on IL, and at some point yep. they are going to come back, and they may not necessarily be better than Patrick Wisdom, but it's David Bodie, it's Matt Duffy, Nico Horner, I mean, yep. you know, Jake Marsnick, and, and, and these guys going to come. And Jock Peterson was out this weekend too. So like mm-hmm. there are, he's, he's falling into the right spot for playing time and it just kind of worked out, but you're right. It's going to mm-hmm. get crowded pretty quick. Yeah. And what sucks, I mean, is that what well, you got like a five game week this week and if something doesn't happen or he doesn't have a good week and then these guys end up coming back, yeah. Bodie comes back, starts, you know, getting hot and it's just that, you know, that constant shuffle. And then all of a sudden he finds himself out of the lineup. And then yeah. oh, before you know, you would you spend 150 on? Yeah, no, I, I agree there. Uh, again, the guy that got called up is, is Bobby Bradley, and th- he should have a little more playing time. The mm-hmm. the Indians' offense is an utter mess. Um, you know, they uh, they they DFA'd uh, our, our friend, uh, our old friend Jake Bowers, who uh, not I think my friend. Liked, I think we liked like four years ago or something like that. Yeah. But um, there is there is room for playing time here. Their first base is pretty much wide open in, in Cleveland. He can play. Um, he's a guy who has a lot of power. Thirty three home runs in twenty nineteen in Triple A, but with a thirty four percent strikeout rate. Um, he had nine home runs already in triple a this year in you know how mm. they haven't played that many games but he's hitting a buck 96 with 32 percent strikeout right so mm. 
it, it is what it is. I mean, he's a he's a big swing guy, has a lot of power, has a lot of swing and miss. He homered on Sunday, which probably bumped up his price a little bit, three or four. He's utility only right now in FBC. He will get first base probably pretty quickly. He has two games of first base already, but um, for this week, he's utility only. So if you have a, a Nelson Cruz or someone like that, you can't. Uh, you obviously mm-hmm. can't play both of them. Uh, where were you with uh, with Bradley? You know, he came up last year, uh, was struggled, and then uh, he's back up now. Uh, were you uh, were you fired up about him? Yeah, I mean, I started bumping uh, him up, I guess, towards the end of the day on Sunday uh, because uh, basically or on teams where I now have J.D. Martinez in outfield eligibility. So that opens up a slot. It opens up the possibility where it's going to probably take him a couple weeks to get that that first base eligibility. Uh, and I think he's still going to platoon with uh, with Yu Chang. I think Yu Chang will play some first base against lefties. Um, but you kind of know exactly what you're getting out of uh, Bobby Bradley and and though it's not exactly the same, he does kind of remind me of what Austin Riley did a couple of years ago, where Austin Riley, 2019, right? Was it? Yeah, and he got he came all up. kinds of big bids and hit for like three weeks and then didn't get another hit for three months. Yeah, but the, the thing is, he was also red, red hot in AAA yeah. leading up to the point of his call up. And then he continued being hot for, for another week and a half or whatever it was, two weeks. Yeah. And this is the same case with Bradley, right? He was just, just tearing the cover off the ball, at least power-wise. Power-wise, you know, wise, yeah. Like 33% strikeout rate, hitting 180. But the same thing, right? This weekend comes up, hits big, and then, of course, people are going to go ahead. They're spending like, ah, utility only? I don't care. I'll make it fit. And then, you know, we'll see what happens. But you know, these type of um, fantasy assets are a lot easier to uh, evaluate because you know what you're getting. If your team can afford to take a hit on batting average and you need the power, then he's a great fit. Yeah, I think I think that the key to that whole thing was was team fit. If you're low and no. if you're struggling in in, in home runs, you you need a you gotta hit, you know hit lightning in a bottle. Maybe you get a you know ten home runs over the next uh, mm-hmm. six weeks or something like that. That and that can happen. But if you're a team that has a bunch of home runs, you need some batting average. Just not a good fit. He's he's strictly yeah. a team fit guy for me. Um, what about uh, what about the Yankees with uh, Miguel Andohar? He's playing a lot right now. Three mm-hmm. home runs this past week. He was awesome in 2018. Like everybody loved him then. He was a big hype guy in 2019. Had 27 home runs, hit 297 in 2018. Has been pretty much hurt and bad since. Mostly hurt. Like there's not a lot of bad. Mostly hurt. Uh, good park to hit in. You got to think there's a chance to play if he can stay hot. They need offense, which is strange to say. The Yankees are like bottom five in a ton of offensive stats. It's mm-hmm. very wild. Um, hard hit rate is 46% so far. Never been above 36%. So he is hitting the ball hard. Um, where are you on Andahar right now? Coming off these uh, these like three years of letting us down. I'm I'm good with him because he's uh, he's somebody that's that, that, that's playing every day, right? Yeah. Um, that's the key here, and this is why he a player like that is was already landed on a lot of teams in 15 team main events last week because you just yep. kind of see the writing on the wall. Um, there, you know, he has the he he's gonna get the playing time, and it's just you know just he's there. You know, what I just noticed he's got no walks, <laughs> none 80, at all, none in 80 wow. plate appearances. That's wild. That's- really hard to do to get none i mean there's guys that swing obviously early on but uh yeah you're right he hasn't he has no walks he's striking out more than usual too he wasn't a strikeout guy um when he was really good he was like 16 percent that year he was really good he's at 26 percent right now but obviously we're looking at 85 plate appearances but i don't know you got a guy who has a history of doing it you know 27 home runs he's only done it once but he was a he was a pretty hyped guy coming up um I don't know. Clint Flazier's been bad. They always had always have injuries. Uh, not mm-hmm. like Brett Gardner's keeping anybody out of the lineup. It's just uh, it's weird for us to think two months in the Yankees like need offense. They had a bunch of stats tonight on the Sunday baseball game. They're scoring like three point two runs a game at home or something like that, which is almost mm-hmm. last. They're striking. They're, they have the, it's the highest strikeout in the history of the Yankees. It's it's pretty wild. Their their runs per game are like the lowest since nineteen seventy eight yeah. or something. This I would say on TV too. It's uh it's rough. I never would have guessed that. Uh, you know, Judge has got fourteen home runs. He's been fine, but everybody else, it's uh, it's been rough. 
it's only a five game week, but it's uh, they got some good matchups. So, uh, for example, Michael Pineda is he is he out now? No, he's he, he's he's pitching. He, they, yeah, they pushed him. They pushed his last start. Apparently, he's going to start Tuesday against uh, against the Yankees. Yeah, check out these pitching matchups for the Yankees this week. I mean, if they don't get it going this week, I don't know what will. Uh, Pineda, Dobnak, uh, Jay Happ, the lefty. Yeah, and then possibly Spencer Howard and Vincent Velasquez on the weekend in Philly. And Howard's essentially like three innings in the bullpen game, so that's mm-hmm. you gotta like you gotta love that too. That's uh, following five games, but that's that should be a lot of runs. But I just I don't know this offense is so bad. They got it. They got to start firing at some point, I would think. But I don't know. I would have thought I would have said that a month ago too. And then at uh, Buffalo to face the Blue Jays, the the first oh. series the following week. So that's, this is the time. That's nice too. I, I I love the Blue Jays, but uh, not a team that I'm really scared about their pitchers. I, I mean, I think the Yankees should. Uh, they get Ryu, which is tough, and then Stripling and Steven mm-hmm. Matz. That should be a lot of runs. Also, that's that's mm-hmm. a good call there. Um, why it was that? Was Paul De, Paul DeYoung available in any of your twelves? He started a rehab assignment this week. He's forty seven percent owned in twelves. You know, he's a guy that hit uh, with thirty home runs in twenty nineteen. Granted, it was a happy fun ball year. He only hit three home runs last year, but. You know, if you need pop, if you need a middle infielder, he was someone that I was in on in a couple leagues. Uh, where, where, how do you feel about uh, DeYoung coming back? Uh, I mean, so I specifically wrote about him because he's somebody that I'm I'm specifically biased against. Just uh, for for whatever reason, I do do not draft the guy. Uh, just I don't know. I just I just don't like him. I don't like him. Uh, always, I, I think he's improved on this, but I just remember bad play discipline over the years. Even though he's got the big pop. Uh, not the greatest hitting ballpark uh, for power. And then, you know, something like a three, 4% walk rate with like a 30% strikeout rate. I usually don't like that combo. Uh, the price was decent in, um, in uh, the preseason. Uh, but for me, I like those, those guys that sometimes get dropped. Like just because I have some yeah. bias against them doesn't mean he can't be a fit on my team. The only way that it worked though, because he's not guaranteed to be back on Tuesday is um, you, you, because a setback can throw you off. If you pick him up, on a 12 or, and you don't have, um, you don't already have coverage there. Like yeah. if you're un- unable to put them on your bench, you could be screwed with a week of zeros or a half week of zeros. So I think yeah. if you have that extra spot, then, then of course you bid on them and you try to get them. And that's good advice in general. Like anytime you're picking up anyone that's coming off the IL or like miss Saturday, Sunday and is questionable, make sure you, you know, aren't relying on that guy or it's that guy or a zero. I always, uh, mm-hmm. I always make sure that I have coverage uh, with anybody like that. I like to have coverage anyway, but um, yep. let's jump to the outfield. There were a couple of interesting names uh, before we get into some news and notes for the weekend. Um, let's go with Edward Oliveira since you brought him up earlier. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that uh, he got called up. We were kind of excited. But he got called up last Sunday, so he wasn't available in NFBC formats at least. I think I called back up when uh, when Alberto Mondesi went back on the IL. Shocker there. Um, the question with me with Oliveira is that I really like what I see. He was uh, he was 18 home runs, 35 stolen bases in 2019. We really liked him. We got called up last year when he was mm-hmm. uh, you know with San Diego. Um, good K rate in the minors. I really like this bat a lot. If the playing time is there, he's hitting 372 so far in AAA. My question for you, I guess, is uh, you know what do you see with Oliveira? You mentioned you picked him up as some 12ers question really is where will he play it's just I, yeah. it seems to me like he probably should play for Jorge Soler right now but the Royals aren't going to do that um, I don't think they're going to cut Jorge Soler and they can't they can't send him down or anything like that they have a they kind of have a full roster I guess he could you know it, it depends what they do move guys around if Hunter Dozier they want to move him to the infield maybe but um with with Ben Intendi and Michael Taylor and Hunter Dozier like not I mean Ben Intendi's been great but mm-hmm. Dozier and Taylor like whatever but I just wonder if Oliver's gonna play they were so quick to send him down last yeah. week I just wonder if he's that was the thing that kind of held me back like I don't know where he is in their plans yeah I mean that was the sort of the telltale sign or at least what should have kept our bids uh somewhat reasonable and to not go crazy is the fact that yeah because the fact that he is only up 
right now, as far as we know, is because Mondesi got hurt and, and yeah. they, they called him back up. Uh, the one thing that I do like is the fact that they do have some flexibility with that lineup where uh, Jorge Soler doesn't even need to play outfield. Like he can continue to DH. Yeah. Uh, Kelvin Gutierrez can go. He can, that, he can go back to the minors. Too, is maybe we go Dozier to third and Gutierrez out yep. of there would be, would be a good plan. I, I just feel like Olivares is the guy, like if he would like to get hot for like a week or at the mm-hmm. right time, he could just stick and be really, really valuable in a guy that you play every week in, in fantasy lineups. And it's funny, uh, our friend uh, Dusty Wagner just uh, chimed in with the chat uh, asking how we feel about Olivares versus Taylor Trammell. Um, I know you were uh, big on Trammell this week. Someone you were bidding on uh, for reading your article. Um, sounds like he should be playing a ton with uh, Kyle Lewis might be out really, really long term. It's not yeah. like he's going to be long term or really long term. There's no other in between. There matters if he has surgery or not. But it sounds like he's not coming back anytime soon. Either way, um, where are you uh, with Tramel? I'm going to ask you that one. Uh, I'll let you answer Dusty's question. Uh, so he was my actually my favorite of the uh, right. of the young players uh, to 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 bid on and to to give a shot on, mostly because Kyle Lewis is out for a while and he does have a chance here, right? So the the thing with Tramel, obviously big time prospect. When he came up, he kind of he, he had the surface stats, so he was hitting some homers here and there. He would steal a base. Uh, but, and then he would sit occasionally against lefties or most of the time against lefties. But the worst part was he was hitting under 200 with like a 40% strikeout rate, went down to the minors and something clicked. He was one of the hottest hitters in triple a came up and has been decent this week. I think until today, uh, was basically his first offer, uh, since he's been up or or close to it. So I like having somebody that's going to be in the lineup almost every day for an up and coming team like this that uh can give you stats across the board I'm, I'm more interested in the it's the it's the mondesi conundrum it's you know forget the real life player thing give me the stats and that's what you know kind of trammel fits the bill so i know he's going to play and he's probably a smarter pickup than Oliveris. but Oliveris, i think almost has the upside for this year if what happens as you mentioned could happen if he gets hot this week it just sticks in the lineup that could be a really you know amazing pick um so 12 teamers that was a tough decision I made. Like there are guys like guys like AJ Pollock and Alex Dickerson that I know I'm going to drop the next week. Mm-hmm. So I just made Oliveris my top bid and just see what happens. Right for ten, yeah. twelve dollars, it was worth the shot just to see what happens. Yeah, I like that too. And I think you know if they send him back down, you drop him, and it's you know it's an outfielder. Mm-hmm. You probably have an extra one anyway. But I think he's a guy that could end up being an every week play for you. And that's kind of and especially the twelve or that's that's what you're looking for. The thing I do like with Tramel is that you look at the major so far, a ton of strikeouts, but we're looking at hundred plate appearance or hundred thirteen plate appearances. And you look at his minor league history, and he's usually a low twenty percent strikeout guy. And usually, guys, you know, they come up to the majors the first time, they see all this nasty stuff. It's really tough at first, but they usually tend to get back. You know, maybe not all the way those minor league numbers, but they they, they tend to regress back down uh, strikeout wise. I do like that he was walking a little bit too. Um, he's fast. He's like a seventy six percentile sprint speed guy. He's a good athlete. I think that the key with him is we know the playing times there. So Alvarez has the mm-hmm. upside, but Tramel right now has the playing time. I and mean, there's Cal yep. Lewis ain't coming back. There's no reason for the Mariners to not uh, see what they've got here. He's their like number six prospect. I think they're I think the the playing times on one side, the upsides on the other side depends kind of what you need, I think is what it fills in. So maybe Oliveris in a 12 or in Tramel in a 15 to really kind of uh, sit yep. on the fence fully. Yeah that Tramel's better than that uh, that Kellenic guy. Oh for 39. <laughs> like I get it. Like, who cares? The slump, but 39, yeah. 0 for 39 is pretty absurd. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. What can you do? Uh, not okay. much. It's uh, it's just kind of wild that we were so like foaming at the mouth for him to come up and wanted him to be there. And he's hitting uh, he's hitting 096, blood. 
it's it's really bad the one thing that will never change and hopefully we're you know we're we're alive and still playing fantasy in 30 years it's going to be the same exact thing there's no time in in history in the in the future where at some point the world's just going to click and the fantasy world and be like oh we're not going to chase that young you know stuff it's just human nature do you think you're playing nfbc in 30 years yeah why not that's good that's good You've, uh, you'll be what uh, like a, you got you'll have a bunch of grandkids running around. It'll be it'll be great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> click on click on that guy for me. I right. Sorry, <laughs> Hopefully they never change never change the website. Um, yeah. The other outfielder I want to talk about real quick before we jump into some other stuff. Uh, Bradley Zimmer is back up. Is the guy that we have uh, you know we have talked about for multiple years. Every time he's come up, he's really struggled. Um, he's back up with another chance. Uh, again, we talked about Cleveland. Their lineup is is not good. He has three stolen bases already. He's not. Uh, he's been awful in the majors so far though. Two twenty five, a thirty three percent strikeout rate. He just he swings and misses too much for a guy that doesn't have a lot of pop. Is kind of what it comes down to. I I, I tend to not like guys who you know if you're going to swing and miss at least give me some home runs. And there's there's mm-hmm. not a lot there. Does have 27 home runs in his or 27 stolen bases. Sorry, is 172 major league games. Uh, I had Zimmer behind Taylor Trammell and Oliveras, but uh, where were you on Zimmer? Uh, it was up there. So it, it, exactly, and, and I mentioned him in my in my Sunday update and in, in my article because uh, missed him on on, on the first time around. He is valuable for teams that are just looking to get a boost in strikeouts. And I, I'm sorry, in stolen bases. And I have teams like that. Yep. Um, unfortunately, one of those teams is a team that has Miles Straw. So I can't really uh, play both Miles Straw and Bradley Zimmer kind of really. Yeah, Straw, uh, Straw had two stolen bases this week. Nothing else. Finally. Two steals. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, you know what I mean? Like two punchless guys where yeah, you, you, can't, you, you can't play two rabbits out there. Yeah, it's not like you know. Uh, uh, we got away back in the day winning leagues with like you know D Gordon and uh, uh, Ben Revere on the right. same team. Uh, but I think I those had, times I had a couple over. really good Ben Revere teams. I love Ben Revere yeah. for a Me while. Me too. Me too. That's a, good, that's a good play center field too. We had a couple catches that were just absurdly good. Yeah. Uh, real quick, what about catchers? We had uh, we had Eric Hass, we had Max Stassi, we had Ryan Jeffers uh, filling in for uh, Mitch Garver with his horribly painful injury. Did you have a preference between those three? I know Hass is obviously the guy that's really hot right now. Has a history of hitting home runs in the minors. Jeffers was a guy that was pretty popular in the in the in the preseason. People thought maybe he would take over the job from Garver, and then you know, Garver ended up playing him. And then we got Max Sassy coming off the concussion IL. Um, those are kind of the three that I was looking at. Did you have somebody that was like clearly your favorite from that group? Uh, I had Stasi number one over Eric Haas just because I know what I'm getting with him. I, I know yeah. the, the guy is, and and I think he's a he's a decent hitting catcher. Actually, one of the better ones in the league, and obviously dealing with the concussion thing and. Uh, that was prolonged, but um, it was really actually interesting to see him hit third in the lineup on Saturday. I don't know if you saw that. He hit third. Yep. That's no, I, a, the kind of things I like to see. So, uh, and I understand Eric Haas hit you know as many home runs as Patrick Wisdom, and you know never thought we would, those words would be uttered, but you know here we are. And uh, I just know what type of premium that's going to come for, and those aren't prices I'm willing to pay for. I'd rather get the Stasi for a little cheaper. I mean. Uh, you know, you know, even a Reese McGuire, I, I threw in for like a dollar as like a fifth conditional bid, just in case, because now Danny Jansen's hurt and he may get an opportunity. Just give me a live body that won't kill my batting average is what I'm looking for. There's about 12 Reese McGuire jokes, and I'm not going to make any of them right now. So I'm going to move on. Uh, I almost um, did. I remembered we're, we're, this is a family pod. So there yeah, you go. We'll, uh, and it's funny, someone asked me that question about catchers, and I was like, you know what? All those guys are kind of the same. I'm going to go ahead and take someone like Stassi or Jeffers instead of paying the premium on Haas just because they're all going to be kind of the same. I think they're going to be all fine but uh, not great, and I'm going I'm I'm to want the one I can get for 3 bucks rather than 33 bucks. So I think that was a, and, a good way to go about it. And the other thing is, like, 
Stasi's good defensively, and Suzuki's been a mess. If you look at the the numbers, uh, or, or how badly, or like how awful Kurt Suzuki's, uh, and he's thirty seven or thirty eight now at this point. How bad he's been this year defensively, and how he's been able to catch runners. I know uh, on base, and I know part of that is the pitchers, but like them getting Stasi back is really good because he's good defensively. With Eric Haas, like yeah, he's hitting a bunch of homers this week, but they got Jake Rogers and Wilson Ramos come back eventually, right? So at some point, if that happens to coincide, Ramos coming back at the same time Haas is slipping, he can go back down to the minors. And I'd rather have somebody I could that has longevity, I guess. Last four years, uh, Max Stasi's swing strike rate has dropped all four years. His barrel rate's over 11% the last two years, over mm-hmm. a 40% hard hit rate the last four years, 63% so far this year, grand uh, 45 plate appearances. But Stasi's a guy that I've really liked just because he hits the ball hard. If you're going to give me a mm-hmm. catcher, like give me someone that hits the ball hard and I'll kind of figure it out from there. And maybe he, you know, maybe he falls into that, the 260 season that uh, we're hoping for. He hit 278 last year, hit 275 so far this year. I think he's a guy mm-hmm. that. Hits the ball hard and give me a catcher for the, that's really cheap at that. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to take that every time. Yeah, not to mention he's uh, I I had him on on in my starting lineup for two weeks, thinking he was going to come back off the IL. So I took two weeks of zeros of him. So so what you're uh, saying is he owes you? He owes me. Yeah, he's a, he's an Oakland A's uh, fourth round draft pick. So I have a you know, special special place in my heart there. Uh, let's talk about a few news and notes. I want I'm going to go pretty quick here because there's some players I want to ask you about here at the end. Um, just a few guys that went on the IL. Evan Longoria went on the IL with a left shoulder injury. Kind of a bummer here. He's been playing yeah. really well. Expecting to miss four to six weeks. I dropped him in 15 teamers. You agree with that move? You have to. That's that. That's really the only thing you can do. I was. I was. Gonna, he was going to be one of my biggest pickups in in twelve teamers this week. I mean, he's he's littering the top of of Statcast boards, and I know that isn't isn't everything, but it's something. I think mean, it's yeah. a lot, and just it's out nice. of nowhere. I mean, just complete career resurgence, and now he's yep. he's out. Really, it was stupid too. Like ran into Crawford on ground ball. But uh, since we're yeah. talking catchers, real quick, would you drop Gary Sanchez for Yasmani Grandal? Asked someone in the chat in a heartbeat in two seconds. I think I think I think I would too. They both are kind of rough, but uh, Grandal's a really good player. He's just uh, batting average wise, it's been it's been really really bad. He's been he's been crushing homers lately, and I, yeah. and I think he's the like the like not only he's not only the top uh, walking catcher, like highest walk rate, base, base, yep. best place placement among catchers. He's like top eight, I think, in baseball I, the last I five. I think six he's got to be because he and he's twenty nine percent walk rate this year, which is just yeah. truly absurd. Fifty five percent hard hit rate, sixteen percent barrel. There's no way that one thirty six Babbitt uh, sticks, even though he's really slow, but not that that slow. Um, I would take uh, I take Grandal too, especially if you can pick him up. I would I would grab him off the waiver wire in two seconds uh, by the uh, way you know, uh, yeah. i'm sorry all right, I'll keep no going. no go ahead go ahead no go i was going to say the other weird thing about larusa is how um i don't know if you had noticed but up until two weeks ago or three weeks ago uh and i know grindel was hurt um grindel was larusa had him batting like sixth or seventh and it didn't make any sense it doesn't so like, he gets on base meet, he's a 400 lbp like he should be it's hitting, literally yeah. it's literally what the guy does and you don't hit him second well guess what a bunch of injuries happen and you have to play him second all of a sudden, he starts crushing. Go figure. Yeah, it's amazing how how many things the White Sox do to cover up for Tony Larissa being a debacle. Alberto Mondesi, who mentioned earlier on ten day to IL with a hamstring strain, obviously not something you want with a guy you're relying on steel bases. He missed six straight days. They finally put him on the IL. They have not given us a timetable yet, so I don't know if that's going to be four more days or two more weeks. I don't know, mm-hmm. but he is uh, on the IL now. John Means went on the IL with a left shoulder strain. Uh, yeah. Orioles are awaiting MRI results as of the last time I checked. Uh, kind of a bummer here. We were looking at a, at a means breakout. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a real shame. Um, the that actually that means injury actually got me a little bit more interested in Keegan Aiken. And though I 
really highly uh, advise people against chasing rookie or second year pitchers in the AL East. Yeah. Uh, he at least intrigued me from the point of he was going to have at least a rotation spot for now. Means being out means Aikens in for a bit. Yeah, we talked about him earlier, and you bringing him up made me look a little bit deeper. I mean, guy, the guy strikes guys out, and I think that uh, you're we're, we're it's meager on the on the waiver wires. Is a give me mm-hmm. guy that uh, punches some guys out. You can play matchups. Obviously, you're not going to throw him against Boston or Toronto and Camden, mm-hmm. but if you can find some good matchups, I think he uh, I think he's an intriguing guy too. A few other notes here before we uh, move on. Uh, Spencer Turnbull, one on the aisle with some forearm tightness. Did you drop him or did you hang on to him? I hung out. I hung out to him. I think the only spot was a, a twelve teamer where there was an uh, a, a, a clear upgrade, but in fifteen teamers, it's a hold because it's a muscle thing and no structural. Yeah, no structural damage. Uh, Michael Fulmer on the same team, ten day IL. Uh, I thought he was a drop. Do you agree with me there, or you were you're someone you hold on? Yeah, I mean, he was um, already kind of on maintenance day since the uh, since yeah. the end of May, and just it doesn't look good. It's such a shame, right? I mean, think of all the people that you know that we spent, right? We we spent money like, oh, Michael yep. Fulmer, it happened. But actually, it's funny for you. I remember, right? Didn't you drop? Him I dropped him. I, I really liked what I saw with him starting, and I was like, I really want to, yeah. I really want to grab him and hold on to him to start. And they moved him like it was weird. He was starting, then he went like kind of as an opener, then he went to middle relief, and I was like, oh, I can't hold on to that. Mm-hmm. And the next week, he had two saves. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I it's, did that again. But it turned out to be not really that big of a loss. It's like a whole like up and down take. Like you can like yeah. do like a, a true Hollywood story, Michael Fulmer, the twenty twenty one season. Yeah, me, uh, me, I could do that with Michael Fulmer and Lucas Sims, and it'd be quite the documentary. There, it's just <laughs> the angst and uh, angst and troubles that I sit in by myself in my office talking about those two guys to myself. My I wife watch. doesn't. My wife doesn't really care about Lucas Sims or. Uh, Michael Formal, surprisingly enough. It's funny how that works. By the way, my wife had to say hi to you. I forgot to say that earlier. Hi, CHJ. I don't know. I don't know if she's watching, but she did say to say hi. Um, so a few other notes here. Nelson Cruz and Byron Buxton with the twins. Uh, Cruz sat Sunday with some knee stiffness. Never like to see that with a guy that's uh, a little bit older than the rest of the league. Uh, but uh, check your lineups on him. Uh, By- Byron Buxton beginning a rehab assignment in the next week. George Springer, very close to a rehab assignment. Kevin Biggio beginning a rehab assignment Sunday. Uh, you asked me earlier about Luke Voigt. Uh, he's going to start his rehab assignment. Sounds like June 15th. Did you end up uh, getting him in your 12-teamer? No, I bid uh, 45 and I dropped my, you know, trying to drop my boy, Brandon Belt, who never want to do because I'm a, you know, I'm a Belt guy. Yeah. Uh, but he went for 58. So no. Oh, oh, well, I can see that. It's probably going to be, we're probably looking at the end of the month, but uh, yeah, that, that might mm-hmm. work out. Um, and uh, Mike Moustakis is about a week away from rehab assignment. Joey Votto could return uh, Tuesday, but his thumb was sore after rehab game Saturday. So he knows there, but uh, some minor notes there. But so a couple of players I want to ask you about before we get out of here. The first guy is uh, is Ian Happ. He is hitting uh, he's hitting a buck ninety right now. Not uh, not good. Mm-hmm. Six home runs, fifteen RBIs. That's really bad. Fifteen RBIs, and he's been he's been leading off, and he's kind of moving down. Uh, K rate's a bit higher, but st- you know twenty nine percent is uh, a little bit higher than normal. But still walking a lot, thirteen percent. Ian Happ's hard hit rate is 50.5% right now. It seems yeah. wild to me he's hitting a buck 90. Swing strike rate's down to 12.3%. Do you have hope for Happ turning this around? We're now at June 6th right now. I mean, this is a long time. It's not like he just had a two-week slump. Um, if Happ was, like, dropped in your league, would you pick him up? If you were in a trade league, would you try and buy low? Uh, you just want to stay away from him? Where, where are you with Happ at the moment? He is, to me, like Jock Peterson, like Max Kepler. They're guys that – are so streaky. They're like your, you know, 200 to 300 overall ADP guys that I don't usually uh, target. I don't usually go after. I'd like to make sure that I have home runs so that I don't have to chase these guys and try to time their streaks. And the one thing that I knew about Hap going in every time I'd see his name on the draft, I'm like, okay, if I draft him, I know exactly what I'm getting. It's going to probably start off cold, this and that. And then he'll hit like a million home runs in the middle of the, you know, summer in Wrigley when the wind's blowing out. 
and then he'll fall back out. But at the end of it all, he's going to end up with a bad average. So yep. I want no, no part of that. The one thing is, yeah, he'll probably end up over the Mendoza. Yeah. He'll probably have like a really hot month where people are talking about him, like, you know, the next Jose Abreu or whatever. So um, that's, that's baseball. Everything's just so continuously cyclical and, and Ian Happ will have his time in the sun and he'll lead off ahead of, you know, instead of jock and, and then it'll switch back up, you know, the other way. That's just how it goes. Yeah. I actually liked him coming to this year as someone that I thought, uh, you know, he had 264 and 258 last couple years. Like it wasn't, it was, it was pretty solid considering where averages are these days. And I don't know. I mean, I keep throwing him out there and in 12 teamers, I've kind of, I could platoon him now. If I find like perfect matchups, I'll use them, but usually he's on my bench, but 15 teamers is kind of still in there. But the problem is kind of what you mentioned. Like I'm worried that I sit him. I'm going to miss that five home run series. And then you all yeah. of a sudden you really screwed yourself. But as you do that, you keep getting series of hitting, you know, going two for 12 and it's killer, but he's a tough guy. Guys like that are really tough. Cause you know, that if you bench him, the second you do, they're gonna have five home runs. You're just gonna, you're just gonna be so pissed. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Uh, what about uh, my boy, Mark Canna? I got to uh, talk about one Oakland A's player here. Uh, you know, Mark Canna, as of today, was leading the major leagues in runs, which is a pretty yeah. crazy stat. We think about all the names out there, guys out there. But the A's finally did the right thing with him. His OBP is, uh, what is it, 394. He's got 13% walk rate. Kind of what you're talking about with Grandollar. The A's finally figured that he's not that – he's he's athletic, but he's not super fast. not going to steal a ton of bases. steals a few. But, you know, he gets on base. And you want guys on base for, for Ramon Laureano and Matt Olson and whoever else comes up. Not for Matt Chapman because he hasn't had a hit in like six weeks. But Seriously. Um, Oh, so bad. Uh, but Canna's a 259, 11 home runs, 47 runs scored. He's mixed in seven stolen bases. Um, if you're in a trade league, are you trading Canna high? You're just kind of riding this wave and figure he's leading off all year. Where are you with Canna? You, yeah, you just ride the wave. I mean, you know, first place A's. And you recall, like, you know me. Like, I'm a, I am I love Matt Olson, maybe not as much as you. And, uh, you know, I, despite the fact to give you crap about the A's, um, I usually like them and draft them for whatever reason. I was very anti A's go- offense going into this year. And that's one of my biggest L's because I have no uh, 30 teams. I basically have like maybe one Kana, uh, almost no Olsen at his ADP, like just uh, Lariano. I wasn't interested in. So I'm, hopefully, you know, hopefully avoided Chapman though. Uh, yeah, no Chapman, no Chapman either at the ADP. But uh, it's interesting because I was complete 180 with these guys the year before. But uh, but Kana is interesting because again, he's he's 32. And he's just getting it done. I mean, for for a while there, he was just the 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 guy the the guy in DFS. You would just play because he was platooning and he would hit against lefties and usually hit a home run against lefties. It was like you know death taxes and Kane against a lefty. Well, now he's a full time guy. Figured it out, and it's amazing to see. Wish I had. I would wish I was a part of it. Do you know what his walk up song is? No. It is like a virgin by Madonna. Oh my God, that's hilarious. It is beautiful. Every time the A's start, game starts, I'm like, oh, the can is up. So if uh, <laughs> if you're in a trade league, just because we're talking about the A's, uh, if you're in a trade league, I would stop right now. I would go make an offer for Sean Murphy. I think this is the last time you have a chance to buy low on him. He's hitting 222, but a 45% hard hit rate, 12.5% barrel, has really looked better at the plate the last uh, couple of weeks. So if, uh, if you can snag uh, Sean Murphy from the guy who's maybe tired of him, you got six home runs, not uh, only 15 runs scored, but he's at 30 RBIs. That's a lot for a catcher. Um, but 222, I'd play that up. I'd try and make a move for Sean Murphy right now. Yeah, uh, he's gonna he's gonna creep up there in the the home. I mean, he's gonna I, he might surprisingly get to uh, to to 20 20 plus homers this year. I would I I, I think so too. Um, Yankees tonight. Uh, we were watching the game. Uh, DJ LeMay he went 0 for six tonight. Now down to 250. This is a guy who's like going like late second round, early third round in drafts. He has three home runs, two stolen bases. Not what you're looking for from that pick. Does have 33 runs, but 14 RBIs. So he's low in home runs, stolen bases, RBIs, average and batting average. Uh, barrel rates under 3%, which actually was last year too. Um, I, I think that uh, 
Did you do the fade? You did the fade show with me, right? You did. Yeah, he was, a fade. Yeah. he was, he was, he was a, a fade for us. At he was a fade for both of us. So, I mean, and we looked at that. We're like, this guy is like, he's really good, but he doesn't hit the ball that hard. It's kind of hard to bank. I liked him, but it's high price. Mm-hmm. Um, where would you make let me hear right now? He's, his K rates almost doubled from last year. Last year was absurd under 10%. We knew it was going to go up a little bit, but it's up to 17.5%. His BABIP's down 60 points. So that maybe attributes some of the batting average, but mm-hmm. not hitting for power. We didn't expect him to run a ton, not driving in runs, not hitting the ball hard. Um, where are you on LeMahieu with the, you know, we're in the, almost in the middle of June? I mean, you got to buy low on him, right? I mean, like, it, it doesn't matter what's happened. I'm looking at the numbers. Yeah, like, even his ISO is like a third of, of what it usually is, even in his average years, right? Right. And oh, it's 070. Um, Jeez. Yeah, but it's it's been two months of the season. There's four four months to go. But it's it's a, the leadoff man for the Yankees. They're going to warm up. This 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 uh, the struggle is not going to endure for the entire course of the season. He's still yeah. their leadoff man. And since what? Since 2015, it's what six seasons, seven seasons. He's only hit below 300 once. You know, in, so he is one of the best like overall hitters in baseball. That will creep up. Creep up. He's a career 303. Yeah. Uh, he, hit, he hit over 325 in three of those years. Like that's that's an absurd edge in a year where the guy guys hit low. I think I agree. I mean, he was a fade for me at the price early on, but I think, mm-hmm. you know, once you get to June, you can finally start to maybe buy low on some struggling guys. Like nobody's trading some digital who in the middle of April when he's starting bad, but yeah. you get to June, maybe people do, you know, start to think like, maybe it's just not his year. They start to get down and maybe you can trade a, a hot guy for him. But I, I think I agree with you. It was a fade for me early on, but I think he's a, he'd be a guy that I try and buy low. And with the thought that, like you said, uh, at some point, the Yankees offense is just going to get red hot. Yeah, it would just be weird to me if just out of no, all of a sudden he just had just a complete down, yeah. you know, stinky year. Especially batting average wise. Like if he hits yeah. twelve home runs and steals five bases, I don't think that'd be shocking really. Like mm-hmm. I, I think you get, you want to get more, but if he hits two fifty five, I think that's a pretty that would be a pretty shocking number. Yeah. So on the complete flip side of Lemayhu, we have Cedric Mullins, uh, three for six today with a home run. He's now hitting three twenty two, nine home runs, nine steals, thirty two runs, eighteen RBIs. Dropped his strikeout rate 6%, up the walk rate 4%. OBP's up 75 points. Uh, it's crazy. Hard hit rate's up 8%. There was like a joking going around tweet early in the, in the offseason. Someone was like, oh, I'm all in on Cedric Mullins. I'm like, that's a lot of at-bats to hit 230. So I'm, I'm looking dumb on that one. I wasn't really anti-Cedric Mullins. I just thought he was just a guy. Yeah. Um, would you sell high on Cedric Mullins? Or are you just riding this and holding on and, and kind of stick, keeping with him? Yeah, the question is, is always it, it's really tough in a vacuum to say. It depends, like you know, selling high. Okay, for who? Like you know, what are right. we? What's the deal here? Who needs? What's the context? I mean, hitting is it for Lewis Castillo? Like you know, what's going on here? Right. Uh, but no, I mean, I don't think there's any reason to to, to sell him. I mean, he's the leadoff man for uh, a team that it plays in an amazing division for hitters. And, you know, I think uh, things changed for him where he just concentrated uh, hitting from one side of the plate and not being a switch hitter anymore. I think think that's Um, a really good call right there. You can tell that he just, he's he's just like that mental block is mm -hmm. just totally gone. Yeah. Yeah. And he just, he just looks and feels locked in. Uh, Definitely going to be a career year for him. He's probably going to be, honestly, I think he's going to keep up to the point where he's going to be one of those guys that's going to be super overvalued next year. Like, you know, top 70 ADP or something like that. But I like him rest of the year. 2020 should be pretty easy. All right. Uh, is he the all-star from the Orioles? I guess him and Mancini, like they both are right there, right? Because Mancini's got a yeah. ton of RBIs. Yeah, it's got to be man. It's it's got to be Mancini. It, it could be both. I don't think Mancini's that's got it's, Mancini has thirty-three runs and forty-four RBIs. Wow. Yeah. Talk about a guy that's uh, that's good and fun to root for too. Like that. Well, that's it'll awesome. be the bounce back's be, awesome. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, the tremendous story. But it'll be DJ Stewart first, and then Mullins and 
There you go. And it would have been John Means, which is the problem. Like, there's yeah. a chance the Orioles could have had three All-Stars, which is kind of wild when you think it wouldn't have because they're not good enough to probably get that. But Mullins, Mancini, and Means are all like the, the three M's right there are just balling yeah. right now. Yeah, Mountcastle. Oh, there you go. Mountcastle he's also. Balling. Yeah, He's really balling. Yeah, he's he's been he was hot this week too. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about a couple of pitchers before we uh, before we finish up. Eduardo Rodriguez is a strange guy right now. He's having a really weird year. Uh, Five point five nine ERA, six point nine four ERA since May first. But as we do, you, you look deeper in numbers. Like what's going on here? His strikeout rate is actually up a bit to twenty six percent. Walk rate's down to five point six percent. Hard hits up a little bit, but kind of average at thirty five percent. You know, there's a lot of exit velocity is is up a little bit this year with the with the ball. Even the drag is down. Um, bail rate's up a little bit, but like the BABIP's really high. The strand rate's really low, so he's getting maybe some bad luck there. Um, it's crazy. His ERA is 5.59 and, you know, FIP's not everything, but his FIP is uh, 3.69. Yeah. His XERA is 3.57. Like, mm-hmm. is he just unlucky? Is he in the wrong division? What do you see with Adardo Rodriguez right now? Because I think as I, as I looked into this and kind of before we were, uh, you know, planning to talk about him, I, I think I'd probably start to make some offers for him and maybe hope that uh, yeah. I could pretty much get him at like 40 cents on the dollar maybe. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a, it's a confluence of all those things. It's a, it's absolutely is the case. I mean, he's been – Clearly, uh, extremely unlucky. Um, even you know, Babbitt three sixty nine. Uh, you know, two run differential between ERA and all the other indicators. I mean, just lots of clear signs that he's unlucky. Yes, it also happens to be a bad ballpark for that. But hey, happens to be working out for Nick Pavetta at the moment. But uh, you know, so do you? Uh, you got you got your mandatory two Nick Pavetta references on the podcast. So that's a, that's success for you right there. Ooh. Yes. Yes. Um, question in the chat: If uh, someone's got uh, Tony Gonsolin coming off the IL, if you had to drop one. Would it be Tyler Molly, Marcus Stroman, or Alec Manoa? God, none, none of the above. Uh, no, I mean you could draw Molly is the closest thing to it, but I don't think. Um, I mean, uh, listen, Manoa could 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 stink next couple of starts and somehow get sent down. I mean, that's I mean, possible, Mal- but you're not Molly's dropping got a, Manoa. Molly's got a three-three ERA. Like I don't. That's yeah. a tough drop too. I don't. I don't think I dropped any of the three for Gonsolin. I love Gonsolin, but I don't know if I can. And Strowman's been really good. I know he don't get the strikeouts, but he battles out there. Had another good start against San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, to answer your question, uh, I don't know. That'd be tough. I'd probably have to drop Manoa of the three, although I really not would not want to do it. Yeah, the, I would say it's a it's a very tough decision. The closest I would come to it would be would be Molly, but even him, I I think that's a it's a really tough drop, and yeah. we don't know you know how things will go with Gonsolin. But hey, Pittsburgh this week. Wednesday. Oh, that's true. I love it. I can't wait. I've been holding on to him. I hope he. I hope he's good. I, I think it's going to be Same. no more than five innings, but uh, hopefully I'll build him up a little mm-hmm. bit. But uh, I really like. Uh, I really like the Catman. So I, I like him. He, he will be our savior this year. Uh, let's hope so. I, I need one badly. Um, speaking of the Dodgers, uh, where are you feeling on Clayton Kershaw right now? His last, three of his last five starts with uh, with five or more or five earned runs. I think exactly actually. Uh, ERA is five point two six since May first. So like his last six starts. Um, do you have any concerns at all, both as a fantasy owner or a Dodgers fan right now about Clayton Kershaw? I mean, the strikeouts are still up, right? He's still, you know, racking up nearly, uh, um, you know, double it's digits. Actually, every game. It's only, a little bit up from last year too. Yeah. I mean, he just, you know, he's, he's look at the, the, the te- last couple of teams he's faced Atlanta, uh, uh yeah. Braves in Atlanta, uh, the, you know, the, the red hot can't be stopped San Francisco giants. Uh, it's, you know, so. it's, it's absurd. That's a sentence we're saying in June still. Yeah, that's crazy. So I mean, yeah, he's it's he's not the same guy he was a few years ago, but the numbers are still good. So yeah, granted, he might have an ERA higher than than what we're used to. Yeah. Um, but hey, I think it, he'll uh, bring I, it down. I think a run of insane starts is just coming at some point. It'll be mm-hmm. 
it'll be we'll we'll kind of laugh at the fact that they had a rough May and you know it's a six month season we gotta remember that we're not in a sixty game season six mm-hmm. month season you can make up for that stuff. Um, one more starter before we get to the last reliever I want to talk about. Uh, Tarek Skubal has been insane lately. Um, last four starts, twenty one innings, thirty seven strikeouts, an absurd absurd strikeout run here. Mm-hmm. Uh, nine walks in that stretch, a little bit high, but you know compared to the strikeouts, pretty darn good. Five earned run total in that stretch. Uh, he smoked the White Sox week. Obviously, a good team. Five innings, eleven strikeouts. Uh, do you think that Scooball has finally arrived? Uh, where are you on this? Do you think it's a hot streak? Uh, did you was he available in your twelves or is he fully taken? Yeah, not available. He, I, I picked up a couple last week nice, uh, and nice. and uh, bid on some more. I uh, don't know if I landed him, but um, but yeah, I mean, if you just Google right now, Tarek Scooball, the first five things will pop up. Will say Tarek Scooball has arrived. You know, and <laughs> of course. It's, and you'll see those uh, those those gifs with uh, with uh, Michael Scott from the office. Oh my God, it's happening! Right, so it's uh, yeah. I mean, this is what everyone's been waiting for. They knew the talent was there uh, for a while. He was the guy we would stack against in DFS. You just yep. play your right-handed hitters against uh, Scooball. I probably going to get a home run. Um, now he's uh, what you know, just that strikeout rate is going to keep going and going. It was like forty-eight percent in Double A his last full season. So. You know, this kid's legit. Um, a lot of people thought he was going to be a better prospect than uh, than Casey Mize and Matt Manning, and he's yep. the lefty. Though. So uh, he's he's legit. There's going to continue to be bumps in the road. Uh, might even be this week at, at the White Sox. But for now, for for those Ks to potentially get double-digit Ks in a, in a game, you, you, you just got to keep throwing them out there. Well, that's wild. He does. He gets the White Sox again. You're right. That's to be interesting to see if they, uh, when they see him again, how they how they react there. I uh, I had looked at him earlier. I didn't quite see that 48 percent strikeout rate in Double A. That's an absurd number. Wow, that's wild. Yeah. Uh, so our old buddy Mark Melanson is uh, just uh, just kicking along here. 19 saves. He has more saves than some of my teams, which is uh, very sad to say. Um, crazy enough, since May 1st, uh, he has 13 innings, 13.1, 10 saves, a .680 ERA. In that stretch, he has eight strikeouts and nine walks. Like, I have no idea how this is working. His FIP in uh, since May 1st is 4.94. As he raised point six eight. Granted, small sample that happens, but holy hell. Where, where, what do you think? How many saves in Lansing? Does he keep this job? Is he just, is this just a dream year? Like, what, what's happening with Mark? What, if you had to look in your, uh, in your gut vision at the end of the year, what, uh, how does Mark Melanson's year end up? Probably, um, on the mound when the, uh, when the World <laughs> Series is won because, he sees the future. He is Jacob from Lost. Have you seen the resemblance? So he's and, not and human. That's a that's a good call. That's kind of freaks me out a little bit. But you're right. He does yeah. look like a lot like him. Yeah. yeah, there's something there, man. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing, how he's doing it. I, I love the Lost. He has nineteen. Oh, I did too. But like he has yeah. nineteen saves. He can't throw hard. Like every game you watch, you're like, oh my god, these guys are going to tee off, and all of a sudden he's you know shaking hands and and giving high fives and. He's throwing 91. He just he doesn't he doesn't throw any fastballs. He throws you know 57 percent cutters, which is also he throws that at 92. It's crazy that's working. He's pretty much a two pitch guy now, cutter and curveball. And I, I I mean if you bought if you drafted him, no matter what he does the rest of the way, you have you're just like literally just streaming profit right now. But oh yeah, um, you know I I thought it was gonna be Emilio Pagan, maybe Drew Pomerantz. Uh, I admit that Melanson is my third guy there, and it's uh, it's been a big whiff. He has uh, 19 saves and ERA under 0.7 is is pretty absurd in June. I wanted to see how many uh, strikeouts he had. See if he had more saves than strikeouts. It's close, nineteen to twenty-two. It, that's sad, but it is. It is really close. Strikeout rate is it's actually up a little bit. It's twenty-one point two percent. The walks are up a yeah. little bit too. But man, I don't know. I just I have to think we're gonna get it. We're gonna get a bunch of a bunch of outings here where it, it looks pretty ugly. I just I can't see this. Uh, obviously, he's not gonna have a point seventy array, but I just like. Mm-hmm. If I give you, uh, I don't know, I'll give you a, a like two point eight finishing ERAs. So you finish over or under that. 
2.8 under that. Under that, because yeah, got just because four months ago, 0.68, yeah. just a lot of good opportunities. You have to have like you have to be over four for that to go over. And he'd lose the job yeah. at that point. I think he's going to go over. Oh, I, I, I think he's have a couple of like big four or five earned run games, but I don't know. John Gant finally got his this week, right? It, it, it happened finally, so he's got to get his at some point. But it's been uh, it's been a great run. But anybody else that uh, you want to talk about? We've kind of hit it uh, normal no, near the end here. Is anybody else you want to talk about? Anything else you want to say while I got you here? Uh, no, I mean this is this is fun. Obviously, uh, you know, talking to you on Sundays and. Uh, whenever we get the chance to do this is absolutely fantastic. Uh, and luckily we have a little bit of Monday with only three games to yeah. maybe, you know, I think it's a good day to maybe look at our teams, just kind of a little bit of a checkpoint and, and see how things are going, especially for people that have a lot of fantasy teams. Yeah. A lot of times we're just in sort of a, uh, just like auto mode and don't yeah. really get a chance to sit back and, and look at things at a macro level. So I think that's a good idea, but yeah, no, I, I mean, think that's a really good point too. Like we're a third of the way through the season. Like you're at the point now where standings matter, you know, what you need, what you may not mm-hmm. need, what you have, what you don't have, where to really mm-hmm. address stuff. And I think you're right. I think you get a day where there's, three games you have very few lineup decisions tomorrow like you pretty much have to set the guys the six teams and that's pretty much it um mm-hmm. that's a really good point i think i'm actually going to take you up on that. i'm going to do a little zen uh, moments with my teams and try mm-hmm. to figure out if i can uh if i can make a run it's been going the wrong way so far my offense is really good my pitching was bad and now my offense is starting to struggle a little bit so i have to uh have to figure out how to dig out uh, dig out of that hole but uh, it's a long season i still got a lot of fab left so hopefully we can we can figure out a way you always have, man, always a lot of fun. You're going to be able to get whoever you want, whenever you want. It's going to be a huge advantage this year. This is the year to save we need, uh, we need some. We need some big guys to come up. I mean, it's, it, I don't know who it's going to be. I mean, obviously, last week was Alec Minot, and he got he got smoked this week. But I still think that's going to be someone that's going to going to help out. Uh, but but you'll still underbid it on Kowar next week, right? Uh, he throws, that, comes and throws a gem. You're, you're still going to go the, like 100 big name. I mean, I went uh, – I win the two. I was the backup bid from Manoa last week. I was a two, like two seventy, and he went for oh, wow. three something to mine. So I was fairly aggressive there. Uh, Kolar's the next big guy, right? He's the he's the Royals prospect that's just smoking yeah. people in the minors. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Um, so before we get out of here, tell everybody again where they can find you, where they can uh, where can they can find your work and read your stuff. Uh, Vlad Sedler at RotoGut on Twitter, fantasyguru.com slash MLB is where you'll find me. And again, uh, if you uh, if you do play in any league with Fab, I cannot recommend Vlad's uh, Fab article enough. Um, I don't uh, I don't read a lot of stuff. To be fair, I like to kind of get my own opinions on stuff. And Vlad's one of the things that's a must read for me every week. So if you do uh, if you do play, I would highly suggest it is worth the subscription price itself just for that article. There's obviously a lot of other good stuff on there too, but uh, Vlad's article jumps out as, as something that's just uh, super valuable for uh, for any Fab league, whether you play your home league or NFBC high stakes, whatever it be in between any league where you're picking up free agents. It's 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 a it's a must read for me every week. Thank you, Scott. Thank you so Absolutely. much for having me, bro. And yeah, thanks for taking the time. I know Sundays are a bit easy. And then you got uh, you got kid, you got dog, and then you have a cat at home too. And then you got all kinds of stuff two. going on there. Oh, two cats. Wow. I don't know if you want to admit that on the air, but you just did. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, I appreciate you coming on. I know Sundays are crazy, but I do appreciate your time. I know everybody's time is valuable, so I appreciate you carving out a few minutes. I do mean that. So if anybody else, uh, if you listen to us, if you enjoy listening to us, you can please rate and review the podcast. Leave us a bunch of stars. If you uh, could do that on any, wherever you happen to listen to us or watch us, that'd be fantastic. Helps a lot. We want to thank uh, WinBet. That's W-Y-N-N Bet for their sponsorship of the podcast. Greatly appreciate that. 
other than that, we will be at, back at you next Sunday. Uh, Toby Batflip Crazy is going to be filling in for uh, Jeff Ooh. next week. So looking forward to that one. Really good uh, NFBC player has a uh, podcast he does with, uh, with with Bubba, the Bench with Bubba podcast. They they, they split that. They do that. And Batflip Crazy, they're, they're together. So really good podcast there. So looking forward to uh, talking to Toby. I've never like I've been on him with like some live streams and stuff. I never had a full one-on-one uh, podcast. I'm looking forward to that. So uh, please tune in then. And then uh, after that, Jeff will be back. And then we'll have, uh, we'll have more bad puns than I promised. So thanks, everybody, for listening. <laughs> really appreciate it as always uh we will be back at you next sunday take care